nothing says kicking off a Crusader episode like going over some manscaping. Like pubes? <laughs> Greetings and salutations and welcome once again to the Capeless Crusaders live at the time and with hardwood floors. Hmm. In my I new am... apartment. <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. I am your host for the evening. One of your three hosts for the evening. The Azorian one, Anthony Steves. I'm joined by two other promoters of a lovely shaving device. We're going to go first go to the lovely, the talented, the Amazonian goddess of the Capeless Crusaders. She is. Proud of her hair for wherever it be, whether manscaping needs or not. It's, whoa, your Amy, a.k.a. IJN Robot on the various social media platforms. But never to be undone, regardless of his manscaping abilities or his great read of copies, we have the incomparable. Mm. Turn it on. Uh, it's it's me. I I am Tom from Nerdon. You could find me at Nerdon TV everywhere, or Tall Dark Not Ugly. On everything. On everything. (laughs) On everything. On everything. On your hips as you spoke. Is that what you just did? Yes, I did. I'm Tom. Hi, y'all. It's it's the it's the very like. This is a very weak blue collar manager, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did. We are again. Thank you, Tom, for joining us once again on episode 172. Of course, we are your number one, supposedly, allegedly, whatever we are rumored to be, podcast for anything comic book related. And you can follow us on our social media, which, of course, Facebook, we're there, uh, Instagram at The Capeless Crusaders, Twitter, The Capeless Ones. And, um, of course, you can follow NerdOn on NerdOn's social handles, which are what again, Tom? At Nerd on TV. That TV or just TV? TV. No, at, uh, at, at Nerd on TV. TV. That's yep. everywhere. Yep. Except hey. on Twitch. I think it's got at Nerd on. That's it. That's correct. Mm. And speaking of that, this episode is brought to you in part by the Nerd on Nation, powered by Patreon. Patreon. The Nerd on Nation. Yeah. Look at that. Tripping because yeah. of manscaping. The Nerd on <laughs> Nation allows us to keep the lights on and up our quality. As a member of Nerd on Nation, for as little as $1 to $5 a month, you get early access to episodes, a Discord community that is always popping, especially when Tom is in there, and bonus episodes and so much more. You can check it all out at nerdon.tv slash Patreon. And that Discord is located at nerdon.tv slash Discord. <laughs> That's a lot of TV. It is. For for, for the listeners of Steve's, what kind of uh, bonus episodes can listeners look forward to from the Crusaders? Lots of wrestling. There's a lot of wrestling. (laughs) That is very true. Because I have been there for that. There is a, I told Tom this earlier, there's a wrestling renaissance happening right now with AEW being the biggest threat to the WWE in years. And it's beautiful. David Barry and I are just celebrating. How amazing and salivating it is. and salivating. salivating is very CM true. CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, excuse me, Brian Danielson, Chris Jericho, Christian, Kenny Omega, MJF. There's so much, and I'm not going to do it in this Rick episode because yeah, he's not there. Rick's not there. You sure? <laughs> well, not yet. He could be. Exactly. Yes, many many bonus episodes are mostly wrestling really. on wrestling, including the one coming up uh, very soon. Well, by the time you hear this episode, it'll already be available. A CM Punk episode done by yours truly. 
that'll be up. Is that shortly. also focusing on his his wonderful writing, comic book writing and writing skills? I do talk about it in the early part of the show. I do. It mainly focuses, though, on his big return, what happened when he left WWE, why he left, the bad things that were happening there, and why it took seven years for him to come back into the ring and why he came back. I, I chat about I don't, that. I don't want to derail, but I definitely feel like there was, there was some kind of mispotential that CM Punk and Gerard Way did not collaborate because mm-hmm. they both left their fields, which made them like household names mm-hmm. to do comics for a second, and mm-hmm. then they, you know went back. And I was like, that could have been a thing. It could have been. It could have been a thing that is his his first passion called him back, and now he's mm-hmm. back in this in a in a better place. I'm gonna leave it at that because there's a whole bonus episode for you to listen to, which of course is over at nerdon.tv/slash. Patreon. Patreon? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that caught you I off was, guard, I know. Well, you did because I remember speaking to this night or this night's today's episode, um, which is about Shang-Chi. Um, CM Punk wrote some of those books. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. all them shigoos. And you know, cult of personality is now trending music wise. So, you know, it's just it's all good things coming CM Punk's way. That's all. It's good to see because he deserves it. Also, oh, that to, punk. Oh, that <laughs> punk. <laughs> to finally end our intro, for anything related to the Capeless Crusaders and Nerdon, you can head on over to the Caplescrusaders.com or nerdon.tv, your hub for all things Crusaders, Nerdon, and so much more. From there, you can find all our content as well as the rest of the Nerdon podcast family. Man, bumbled and stumbled, but that intro, check. Cut, Cut the check. The check. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, if you are still listening to us, thank you. Um, all three this, of you. You've made it you. this far. Good job, guys. <laughs> you are here for episode 172, which no is not going to focus entirely on manscaping. It's going to focus on the comic from Marvel, Shang-Chi, specifically the 2025 issue run by Gene Yang. That's going to be our topic of discussion. And once we've discussed that, my two comrades here have seen the Shang-Chi film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and they will give a, you know, a light little review at the end of what they thought of the film itself. But before we get to that, as always, when we are here on our digital roundtable, we, of course, like to discuss what we've been reading. And that means it's time for Around the Horn. I really hope it's not the generally anymore. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get like just a complete opposite type. But you of know what? Form. I just yeah, want well, you to play now? like bongos and yell. Yeah, just we'll do yell. That. If you can, Ricky can you Ricardo? do that? Can we get Ricky Ricardo doing <gasps> the bongos from Lila Lucy? Is that a little? That's more copyright stuff. That's oh, yeah. I mean, if we do an impression of him doing that, can, can, we could get away with it, right? If right? Is that okay? We tweak it, make him in a minor key instead of a major key. What do you think? I feel like what you all should do is just get one of your guys' parents and just have them scream really loud, get in the car! <laughs> my mother's Jewish, but she won't do it properly. We That's... need to talk to my grandmother. <laughs> so I can just see the next episode. And now it's time for Around the Horn. Get in the car! <laughs> there it is. We need we need thing. a proper Boston or New York accent. Get in the car! <laughs> yeah. We'll call Krasinski. He can give us the accent. There we go. Anyway, when we... The spiel for Around the Horn always trips me up. What we do is we get around a circular table, but we don't get a circular table anymore because it's been years since then. So we don't do the circular table. We just look at each other and see what we're reading. You know what I say? I say we go around the digital screens. 
We go around the digital screens. There it is. It's a f- it's future. It's like the Matrix. You see that trailer? Yeah, know, well, that a lot of people know that that terminology now. Digital screens. I like and that. Then, and then now when I do live shows, shows I still say it every once in a while. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. <laughs> we're going to go adjacent to each other on our nice U table. And just we're going to pass. We're going to pass the talking stick. <laughs> there it is. The talking stick. <laughs> we're going to pass the talking stick about what we've been reading, comic book or otherwise, in the literary world. So I'll go first because I'm being selfish. I'm reading because I enjoyed the series so much on Netflix. I decided to actually read the comic. I am reading, just starting out, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Yay! Written by Mr. Robert Aguiar Sacasa and art by Robert Hack. Um, The series I loved, minus they kind of went really quick on the ending because they only had a certain amount of episodes. Yes, Amy? Did you, have you read the Jughead Werewolf one yet? You mean Riverdale? Or is that different? Oh, you mean within Chilling Adventures of Sabrina? So there's another limited that's Jughead as a werewolf that's from the same I'm thinking for spoopy season for you because anything after Christmas is spoopy season we are in spoopy season now we are September 1st it began Um, it it was August 1st don't lie for me it was August 1st it was August 1st it was July 6th actually Uh, (laughs) but yes that's actually why I started reading this because I wanted to start reading new horror filled or spooky filled comics and because I love the series so much I thought I'd start kicking it off with the actual Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comic, which I've just started. I'm still early on, but I threw me for a loop that it takes place in the 60s, whereas the show was present day, like Riverdale is present day. Um, but the style is there. Um, I love that the the artwork of the first cover is literally the artwork for the show. Um, Roberto, of course, is in, is involved with... The comic he created the comic and he was a creator showrunner for the show Riverdale and Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Wow. So I'm expecting the same styles. And so far that's exactly what I'm getting. And I can't help but hear the actors' voices in my head from the show because that's what I saw first. But as a big fan of the show, I am enjoying the comic as we speak. So does the book continue from the show or is it like a retelling of the show? Show the comic was first. The okay. comic came out in twenty fourteen. Okay. Um, so the show kind of did what like Walking Dead did. They're taking or the elements. Or True Blood. Or True Blood. They're taking the elements that from the comic and then building their own story with it as well. And of course, like making a present day instead of the 60s. Um, but same like writing and style that I'm enjoying very much. So yeah, it's, you know, it's of course the darker take of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, which I enjoy the show for because it just throws you off when they start saying instead of God bless you, it's Satan bless you. Mm-hmm. Or Satan's the true God and you know the Judeo-Christian God is the false God. So it's just funny hearing like, and they do it so nonchalant, like it's as simple as saying God bless you. Like, And it's the way they did it always made me laugh about it. So I'm enjoying it in the comic. It's uh, it's great. I like it. It's the right at levels of dark I want right now before I really go full-blown dark. Mm. <laughs> so, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's what I'm reading. Moving on to Amy. Amy, what have you got? Um, so because I'm a ridiculous person, um, we and all read are. It's okay. and read the reading assignment, and then read much like Tom read the other reading assignment <laughs> that we didn't know was not the reading assignment, but we read it. Um, so there was a lot of Shang Chi. Congratulations, mm-hmm. you're getting Good. it in there. Nice. And then, of course, as I am so so diligent, I am. Up to up to up to date on Laura Olympus. Um, we are over 170 plus issues in or episodes, as it wow. were. 
they're they're little. They go quick. Okay. Because it's a webtoon, you literally are scrolling like this. It just <laughs> goes. Um, it has so sound that effects is, too. Yeah. Yeah, actually, some of them do have music. Oh wow. Okay. So <laughs> there's so this is dear dearest webtoons. Oh. I do love your accent, your accents, and your access to many creators that normally um, I would not have found gazing about the local, the shelves of my local comic book store. Um, so thank you for giving me access to all of the ridiculous, wonderful things, whether it be um, Korean creators about dealing with age gaps consenting adults and age gaps in romance or mermaids or people named Amy that are lost in space or yeah, not me, but another one that is actually printed by dark horse, which I've brought up for many an episode called space girl. Um, Anyway, (laughs) that's like eight or nine (laughs) volumes printed by dark horse at this point. And they're like 400 episodes in on the webtoon all for free. If you want to support them, you buy coins. Any Hooski, I'm up to date on a lot of those things. Nice. So, yay, small creators. I appreciate you. Um, I adore you. And I'm still working on Mythos by Stephen Fry. That's my book book. Does that count? That counts. I count it. You you double counted. Count it. Hey. (laughs) Fantastic. Tom, help. Tom, Tom, uh, help. Uh, me, the my turn? Yeah, the um, I could, I, 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 I'm allowed in the car now. You're allowed in the car. Beep, beep. Get um, in the car. I forgot. Well, now we we're talking about book books. I have been uh, doing the audiobook Ooh. of one of uh, Steve's darlings, Ooh. a little Michael Crichton. Oh. Crichton. <laughs> oh, Crichton. 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 Um, with Rising Sun. Yes. And I have about two hours left. Yeah, so buddy. it's at the point where... The heroes are like they've seen the video footage of the murder. Senpai and Kohai, and mm. and 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 Jesus Christ! I mean, uh, JC. I mean, John Connor mm-hmm. is like you idiot. Mm-hmm. I knew all along, and you're like, oh no! How are they going <laughs> to get out of this? And also, just a bunch of like fear of how Japanese culture is superior to American culture. Anyways, um, that was a book book that mm-hmm. I'm audio booking. Um, get it? But the physical booking. Um, and since Steve's opened it up where I can do uh, any type of reading, um, I've been doing a writer career lab, trying to get better at my career and all that stuff and learn new perspectives. And I got access to a lot of different scripts. And as John August, who wrote many things such as Big Fish and Frank and Weenie, X, Y, and Z. We love John uh, August. He says that the best way for writers to learn how to write is or write better is to read more scripts. And so one script that I picked up today that I pr- freshly printed out was the Logan script. Oh, and yeah, this is story by James Mangold, screenplay by Scott Frank and James Mangold. Oh, sorry. Scott Frank, ampersand James Mangold and Michael <laughs> Green. Now, if you don't know the difference between an ampersand and an and in script credits, the ampersand means that they are a team. And then the and is a word means that they came in later as a separate team to do different writing. That's so, really cool. So thank you. And, the more so, you so, know. Yeah. So as Steve's and I could be writing uh, a script together and then we pitch it out yeah. and then the studios like likes yeah. it. And they're like, we kind of want this to happen here and there. And we're trying to do it and we're trying to do it. And then we just can't, 
they'll usually hire Amy to come in. It's like, hey, can you do this by this up, you know, by this page, or punch this up, or you know, make sure this character has a better arc and all that stuff. And then you become part of it. So we all share writing credit. Um, it just Beautiful. shows on the time frame of when that was written. That's really um, cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, one thing I wanted to share that I absolutely love that people don't know about scripts is that there's a lot of screen direction, and that's just it's, not dialogue. Um, it's so brilliant though because it sets the scene like. That was one of my favorite things, like, brief aside. There's a book called Monster that I read when I was probably about 16. And it's designed, it's about a teenager who's going through a tri- his trial. He's being tried for a robbery or for a murder. And the entire thing is written as a script. Mm. So it has the scene direction. It has mm. the, it was so cool. And I'm like, oh, What? No, that's but a, yes, go it's, go it's, on it's, your cool guy thing. It's very uh, fascinating, especially because like you can get really stylistic in that way. Um, but this is something that's really cool that was written for. I'm assuming the director or studio execs. Um, this show is still clean, right? Not explicit. You can you can have the swears if you want to take them you away can, from a Steve's. You can you can say fuck, man. Oh well, geez. Well, um, so this is at the beginning of the film after Logan says. Fuck. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then it just is this block of text where it says, now might be a good time to talk about the fights described in the next hundred or so pages. Basically, if you're on the make for a hyper-choreographed, gravity-defying, city-block-destroying CG fuckathon, this ain't your movie. In this flick, people will get hurt or killed when shit falls on them. They will, <laughs> they will get just as hurt or just as killed if they get hit with something big and heavy like, let's say, a car. Should anyone in our story have a misfortune to fall off a roof or out of a window, they won't bounce. They will die. As for our hero, with his so-called eternal life and healing, well, he's older now. If you keep reading, you'll discover Logan's about to get his ass kicked. But before we get into that, we should make it clear that his abilities ain't what they were. Yes, he's a drunk, but he's also fading on the inside. Adamantium implants leaching into his system, causing chronic pain and diminished healing. Hence, booze and painkillers. So by all means, go ahead and worry about him. Now, where were we? Oh, yeah. And then it continues the story as the smoke settles a crowbar. And I thought that was really, really cool that, like, it just breaks the fourth wall to tell the readers to be like, this ain't, you know, like, this is what the real world is. And I think that's something that I think many people don't realize that scripts can do. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, like, um, invisible, unwritten rules that people say that you can't do in scripts um, because there's this, like, yellow tape or glass ceiling from the 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 fledgling writers to the professionally paid writers where you can't say like we see the character walk away or the camera moves here a lot of people say you can't write that and a lot of times many professionals say like those rules are stupid like Mm -hmm. just tell a good story if you have Mm -hmm. a good story that's all that's going to matter so i thought that was pretty cool nice that's fantastic Uh, quick side note tom did you ever watch the movie rising sun yet no i didn't even know there was a movie Oh, yeah. It came out in 93. Uh, Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes are your main characters. Uh, Harvey Keitel's in it, too. Uh, yes. Yes, your two main characters in the book, those are Sean Connery and Wesley Snipes in the film. Uh, Harvey Keitel is the jerk Tom Graham. Jerk cop. But this is mm-hmm. just an idiot. It's Harvey Keitel. There's an expectation of this mm-hmm. at this point. And I think you'll like this one. Uh, playing the character of Eddie Sakamura is Kari Hiroki Tagawa, also known as Shang Tsung in the original Mortal Kombat film. Yeah. He's Eddie Sakamura in that oh, movie. That's one of the reasons I liked yeah. it. I'm like, oh, that guy, he's in the, he's in the, he's in the movie. I like yeah. it. Uh, Mako's in it too. 
Uh, Ray Wise. Oh, R.P. Mako. Yeah. Mako? Mako, Mako he's when you said Mako, I was Sorry, like, wait, the, the mermaid? And then when you said no, Mako, I'm like, my bad. Lyra's over there. Yeah. Tia Carrere, she's in it as well. Mm-hmm. And good old Steve Buscemi. Oh. So there's your cast for the 1993 flick, Rising Sun. I was two years old. You were. You couldn't watch it. There's I was not two. Because of the sexual opening of the movie. That, uh-uh. The bad part is every time you say Rising Rising Sun, my brain goes to Red Rising, which is the Pierce Brown book, and I'm like, oh wait, we haven't done that yet. That's a that's a different one. Uh, directed by Philip Kaufman, written by Crichton Kaufman and Michael Bex or Bakes, B A C K E S, Beckes, whatever. Bix. They were the screenplay. So, little okay. tidbit: when you finish the audiobook, go watch the movie, and then I'll hate it. But probably, yeah. I, I'm I mean, like, but they didn't talk about this, and he has so much a, more emotional investment. I gotta say, it's been a long time, but because Crichton's in the screenplay, I think a lot of the book was kept uh, into this. Into Stephen the film. King's in a lot of his screenplay movies. Yeah, yeah, but so was Gillian Flynn, and Gone Girl so, was literally ninety eight percent of the movie. J.K. Rowling good. wrote the screenplay for a lot of Fantastic Beasts films. It's true. But I'm and saying Stephen Cloves didn't write those, and that's already we can even bring up Ernie Klein being a you know writing that Ready Player One one, and it wasn't. Well, he purposely meant he purposely wrote something different. But I mean, like Gillian Flynn with Gone Girl, she wrote her oh. screenplay for Gone Girl was ninety eight percent of the book. I read the book. I'm serious. That happened. It oh. did. I'm just. Did. I think the scenes I remember from Rising Sun are in the book. Maybe not the whole thing, but the scenes I remember were in the book. Anyway, you mean that really sexualized opening was in the book? Yeah, it was. And I read that book way younger than I should have. Anyway. <laughs> Thank, you the the Thank, Thank you for the episode. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Michael Crichton, writer of Jurassic Park. On to the topic of our fantastic show today. We are talking about Shang-Chi. Since the movie did release, I thought we would cover a comic of which the movie is inspired by. Sure. Which, of course, the movie starring the great Simu Liu and Aquafina. Mm. And Tony Lung. And Tony Lung. Freaking Tony Lung. And Michelle Yeoh. I was battling Goddess something. Michelle Yeoh. I was battling uh. something here, and I didn't want to cough on the mic, so I you paused cough. for a second. You cough. You don't lean out and do that. No <clears throat> offense, Aquafina. You lean back in. Hey, Give Nora, the man his his first Nora his from props. Queens is a fantastic person. I'm just hey, I, I liked say her better it. in The Farewell. I'm not going to lie. Oh, versus Nora fantastic. I'll say this, Steve. You would have your depadded. If Tony Lung was in Infernal yes, Affairs, Infernal okay? Affairs. Yes. So, gotta gotta give props. Bro, I to respect the man. Infernal Affairs. You know I'm, this. I'm I saw just, it. I'm just it. saying, man. I watched it. You gotta, you got. To me, I always say this: you gotta respect Mother's Milk. If you don't respect Mother's Milk, water. then you have no right talking about you. You wanting more? It's like you're oh. right. I should have drank the water before I said the cast. Hold on. Yes. No, Mother's Milk. You should have drank uh, the Mother's I Milk. I should have drank the Mother's Milk before I said the entire cast. I apologize. My bad. So you should have said how yeah. Shang Chi was also created by Jim Starlin. <laughs> <laughs> and and Steve Englehart. Yeah. You have to you have to give <laughs> reverence Engelbert to where Humperdinck. they came from. Yeah. So yes. While we didn't go to the very first. Shang-Chi comic written. No we, Fu Manchu, babe. No Fu Manchu. No Fu Manchu. We avoided that because that list, oh, we get down towards the bottom of that one and it's sketchy oh, as sketch. Yeah. We didn't go there. Christopher Inst- Lee was in it. Oh, God. <laughs> She's good in hand. Um, we went with the 2020 uh, series that came out called Shang-Chi Origin, written by Gene Yang, art by Dyke Ron, and coloring by Sebastian Chang. This came out in 2020. It's a five-issue series, which 
uh, from what I can tell, I believe is how they were able to then do the 2021 series, which I believe is called Shang-Chi and the... Versus the Marvel Universe. Thank you. Versus the Marvel Universe. Thank you very much. And what I'm going to do is give you a brief synopsis as of issue five without <laughs> giving away... What's wrong? I was like, could you imagine that's the sequel to Shang-Chi? It's just <laughs> Shang-Chi versus the MCU. It's like, what? <laughs> There's like no more Ten Rings. He's just fighting everyone. Everybody. I'm taking you all on. I mean, well, hey, you... Tom and I kind of ended up being like, yeah, wait, this doesn't seem like what we were supposed to be reading. No. The movie, oh, we're pretty close. <laughs> the movie would open with Shang-Chi just all of a sudden looking around and going, okay, who's this Iron Fist bitch? Well, I, <laughs> my, you know, in, in pure hmm? MCU fashion, this? it would be there's the tower of all the heroes, uh-huh. and Shang-Chi's on top, and he just breaks forth while he's like, so you're probably wondering how I got here. And you can picture Simu Lu doing that. <laughs> and it goes all the way back. Turns. Probably yeah. I, got I just want him to recreate his meme, his stock photo, where he leans oh, in. Yeah. <laughs> and he's pointing. All we need is one. Mic drop. Um, so the brief synopsis on what this series is based on. Uh, since birth, Shang-Chi and his siblings have been trained to be living weapons in service to their twisted father, Zhang Zhu, and his five weapon society. But even through their father, even though their father is dead. His terrible legacy lives on. The society's, the society's newest leader, Sister Hammer, sister of Shang-Chi, mm-hmm. has resurrected one of the father one of their father's old experiments, creating an army of Chinese vampi- vampiric zombies called Jiangxi. And I'm leaving just like Shang-Chi. Just like Shang-Chi. <laughs> <laughs> and I leave it there because we will discuss from here. Uh, this was my first time reading anything, Shang-Chi. Um, like my introduction into watching the MCU, I watched Iron Man and became a Tony Stark fan. Uh, I saw the trailer for Shang-Chi, became really interested because I liked the actors that were in it. And I'm like, I want to know more about this character. I want to read a comic about him. But I didn't want to go all the way back to the 60s and 70s, or the 70s, excuse me, because they have a lot of bubbles in the 70s comics, and I didn't have... All the time in the world to read it. So it's I also a lot of yellow fear. A lot of yellow fear yeah. in that one. Oh. Yes, you're right. Uh, so I wanted to do something that was more modern, more present day, closer to the release of the film. So I wanted this comic. And I was, I was not let down one bit. I enjoyed it very much. Um, there is, aside from the, you know, the, the, the mystic uh, storytelling of it, there's the shout-outs to history, uh, the King Dynasty in there, the... Oxford's uh, Rebellion. Thank you. That's the word I was trying to remember. That rebellion that I knew nothing about until I Googled it after reading this. And I'm like, wow. I like when the comics use historical events and tie it into their story, and a lot of it is still true to the, the history that happened. So I really... Shout-out to Watchmen. Yep. Shout-out to Watchmen. Yep. Um but also the uh, the deep family element that's in the story that that final issue really touched on, and I'll, I'll get deeper into that first. You two, uh, Amy, what did you feel about the comic? Non spoilery. We can spoil the comic. Okay, we can spoil. We can spoil. It's, yeah. So uh, knowing that this was originally supposed to release for twenty twenty one, and then they hit COVID, and yada yada yada. Um, now you do. Um, you know. You both did it. I'm so proud of you guys. You make me happy. Um, so I really like this. I had a vague understanding of Shang-Chi before the trailers came out, mostly because 
um, as previously stated, he was connected to Fu Manchu, which was super ridiculous. Um, and also, a lot of his design came from uh, Bruce Lee. So it was, reading this, it was kind of nice to see an introduction where it wasn't necessary a full introduction. I didn't have to know everything, which is always great. I love being able to do that. Um, or just coming in with a fresh mind and not having to go and look at all the tiny boxes that see issue whatever number of Avengers, like mm, Avengers. Secret, yeah. Yeah. See Secret Empire number four. Like, so this was, I'm trying to figure out the nice way to say this without being like, we're going to talk about the characters. We're going to talk about the expectations. And <laughs> this was fun. It was a good light read. I love a limited. I love to be able to give an introduction for a story for a character that is going to continue to grow with us, whether cin- cinematically or in comic book, because currently they are now in an ongoing. So, yay. Get it, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Tom, what about you? Good, uh, Jun Yang. So just an initial reaction, not going too deep into it, right? Um, uh, so, uh, it's, it's cool. It's an action adventure story. Um, and the thing is like what Amy said, there is a little bit of context, but that's the thing I actually really respect out of comic book readers and writers that the audience is very intelligent and the writers know that the audience is sophisticated to that level where like, we're not getting the overall origin of who Shang-Chi is. Um, but this is an origin to say, this is what the story we're going to play with is. And I, I really enjoyed that because it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like science. Like how do we just trust science and say like cars work because we worked really hard to make sure they work without having to re-educate people being like, if you turn it on, it won't explode. You know, <laughs> like, so it's like, this is Shang-Chi. They're a character. They fight. And it's like, cool. Like, you know, you know that there's a history. And so when he, you know, has, uh, you know, uh, monologues to himself or inner thoughts, when he says, like, you know, normally a woman who's this beautiful is pointing a gun to me, it's like, cool. I know that you have lived a life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, your giant muscles mean something. You're not, like, (laughs) starting out, like, you know, if you start a new run with Spider-Man and it's like, he's web-slinging, it's like, it's Spider-Man. You know, you don't have to say, like, I was 14 and I got bit by a spider. It's like, you don't need to do that. And that's what I really enjoy about comic books. Like, even if you're picking up a new character, you're kind of like, I know they're a character. I know this Mm -hmm. isn't going to be like, they're brand new. And there's a little bit of like, um, grace you have with like, just being like, I'm just going to be told a cool story. And I really like just the overall storytelling, um, aspect, how the plot unfolds, the flashbacks, the the different chronology, the storytelling, the, 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 the history lessons that happen, mm-hmm. um, and then how those kind of foreshadowing family bonds tend to come out at the very end. And I'm, I'm very impressed um, that, like, those stories are well-received in that way. I don't know how well this run did, but I was just like, this is a very by-the-numbers storytelling of, like, Here's the setup. Here's the complication. Here's the journey. Here's you know. Here we go. Here's the fight. Here's the you know complication to the second you know the second act. And then here's the resolution. Here's the climax. You know all this. I was like, it's you could take that movie and make you could take that book and make it like purely adaptable to a movie. And I was like, mm-hmm. I was really really like I was like really surprised and, and yeah. I enjoyed that a lot. And I and like you said, I, I think he I think it worked since uh, Yang is continuing with his. With this next uh, Shang Chi story, um, what we enjoyed most, um, 
I I think when I first heard that there was going to be an Iron Fist series, this is who I thought Iron Fist was. Until I found out, oh no, this is not what Iron Fist is. It's something about else. the Netflix series. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, because well, I knew I knew nothing about it until well, I saw yeah. the show. So oh. when I first heard Iron Fist was coming, I'm like, I think Shang Chi is what I was expecting, and that's not what we got. Um, so reading this, I'm like, okay, this is this is what I want. This is I. I'm one of those who you know I I've really been interested in aspects of the Asian culture, and I all again with. The uh, Dragon, the Bruce Lee story. That's where it started for me. Just I mean, watching that movie. To to the character of Iron Fist's defense, mm-hmm. he is very much like kind of like an Oliver Queen, mm-hmm. in the sense of like you know, rich kid lost for a while, comes back and mm-hmm. has those new lessons and tries to help make the world a better place because of that. Yeah. And I feel bad that a lot of people have kind of a sour taste in their mouth because of the Netflix series. Because I really enjoy the Iron Fist character from iterations I've seen from the animated series. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he's much more like a more zen, let's try to de-escalate before we escalate, but then I can escalate if I want to. Um, you know, I won't start the fight, but I'll end the fight. But other than that, I'm kind of a really chill character. Yeah. And I, you know, we don't get that vibe from him from that show. And I just hope maybe somewhere in the future that like, and that's my thing with most characters. I'm like, I want everyone to have that character. Mm-hmm. That, and, and I know a lot of people love Iron Fist and, you know, but now everyone just loves, uh, uh, Jessica Henwick. So I'm cool with that. Great. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. My judgment is completely based on the series itself. I haven't read any of Iron Fist's comics, so that's just my limited knowledge on him. Um, but, you know, I just was really interested in the history of the character, and I loved learning about the Five Weapon Society, how they're in five different areas in the world. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really enjoyed how this all led to this, in the, in the final issue, the fifth issue, how it's all going back to a childhood trauma. How everything between Shang-Chi and his sister the the cracks the 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 pain that's the in grievances them, the grievances all goes back to that moment where their father was trying to make Shang be you know his successor and how the, his sister was never going to live up to that and how that trauma stuck throughout all the years and decades as time has gone by I loved how that played out how you don't get any you know you get just the beginning opening about her taking her position. And going after the society, leading all the way to this finale, and it all goes back to this trauma when they were kids, which is a realistic take in this fantasy world that they've built in this story. And I really, really enjoyed the way that developed. Amy? Oh, is this the Amy go turn? Go turn, Um, Amy. Go turn, Amy, go. (laughs) Um, So favorite part. Stylistically, I really liked the art in this book. Mm-hmm. Um, it it hit all the buttons. I know as Steve's has already mentioned that the seventies is super wordy. We see big bubbles. They can get they can get a little meaty, uh, and they paragraph? can get and God. they can drag. Um, so between the way that these panels were designed and the art style, they moved the story along swiftly. They were clean. It was quick. You could literally knock out the entire five issue run in thirty minutes if. You're faster if you're skimming and you weren't actually reading. Mm. Um, I really enjoyed seeing the the evolution of the family dynamic, which when Tom and I get to kind of talk about 
the movie, we see there's a lot of parallels that I saw in the book and how the inspiration, it, it served as proper inspiration for the film. So that made me really excited. Um, and then I really loved being able to see the interplay dynamic of them as a zero that you have um, each of the houses represented, each of the houses has a champion and they are brother or sister, whatever their position is. So you mm-hmm. have the house of dagger, the house of the staff, the house of the hand, the house of the hammer and the house of the saber. saber. Yeah. Saber sword. Um, and we end up meeting sister dagger who mm-hmm. is a tiny sprightly crazy girl named Esme. And then we have Brother Saber, who is Takashi. Takashi, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Takashi, who is like, his vibe, he totally gives off this like teddy bear, like this, he'll kill you, but he a teddy bear vibe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's so wonderful to see. And then the interplay with Shang-Chi, and they're like, you are now in charge of all of us, a brother hand. And he's like, whoa, 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 homies. Ooh. That ain't me. Like, the interplay, the jokes about the cliff bars, the ridiculous <laughs> kind of like the, oh, yeah. Tom would remember I almost started going into the 2021 for the <laughs> very first episode where he, or the issue where he's on the date and there's the text messages oh, between yeah. him. Yeah. So that's a fun little bit, but you get to see it starts in the 2020 limited run, that interplay dynamic of just that familial bond. And it's so great to see it and read it and kind of get it into your head and you feel that vibe. And then watching it translated into additional runs as well as into the movie in different ways. Like, yeah, there's now there's lots of interconnectability that I see. And I really like um, for variety, I mean, I liked a lot of things that you guys said, um, but for variety, I really liked how they had asterisks to show that they were speaking Mandarin. Um, yes. And then they actually had conversations about like, hey, can we just do this in English? Um, and then, you know, making fun of his accents and talking about like how he has to code switch um, in order mm-hmm. to have people look at him instead of looking through him. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really enjoyed that. It, it was something for him to learn his brother's and sister's real name. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But like I just as someone who is Asian and I'm, like there's a lot of things in there that I'm, like, I really enjoy. Um, something I think Asiv's got a little giggle out of, I think, was when Shang-Chi uh, shows his Bruce Lee side, and he's like, you're pretty good at fighting. You need to find a new profession. Like, maybe baking is probably better for you. <laughs> and he works at a bakery, so he's like, it's a good job. I like it. Mm-hmm. And so he's not downplaying, like, the, the the stress and also the hardship of being a baker, but he's saying, like, you're not a fighter. Like, that's okay. Um, I, I thought that was, like, a very Bruce Lee moment where it's kind of cocky because he knows he's the best. Mm-hmm. Um and also, I just really enjoyed, um, you know, the aspect of um, you're not running away from the monsters. You're running away from your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that sage-like uh, wisdom from uncle um, comes in and it kind of really kind of hones in, like, what Shang-Chi has to do at the very end. And it's not to kind of just get this over with, but it's more like you have to embrace your family. And there's part of me that now I've read this, I wanted the, that storyline to play into the theatrical film um, because there is something, and I don't know, it's a je ne sais quoi of some sense of like Asian family households and there's a lot of trauma with the siblings because mm-hmm. they are kind of like your foxhole brother and sister where you kind of are, are survivors of your parents' wrath 
and not saying all Asian parents are terrible, but it's just like they the parents have a lot of weight and they they uh, you know kind of project that onto their kids of like the opportunities that they weren't afforded and the opportunities that you are now afforded because you are an Asian in America, not necessarily an Asian American, but just like you're in different lands and different opportunities. So like, you know, that sense of like, you know, their father didn't have their brother, but they have each other. So they have opportunities that the parents don't no longer have. Um, and I thought that was kind of in a way um, glossed, but at least brought up. It was there on the table. They didn't mm-hmm. go super deep into it, but I was really glad that like it was there because I think those are nuances in, in the story that are usually left out because not a lot of people have experience or have a way to express it. And I think it's kind of cool that somehow that's reserved in the Asian storytelling in that life. But I think what I'm talking about with siblings are that a lot of people can relate to that. Um, especially people of color. So I think there, there's cool things for that. And I think with the film coming out, I would like people to read this because then now, again, Shang-Chi is now mainstream. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot an element there. Uh, the connection this comic has to some Doctor Strange characters. We had um, oh, uh, Harkness, Harkness and yeah. Dormammu. Not Agatha. Not Agatha. No, we had Baron Harkness and uh, <clears throat> Dormammu. Mm-hmm. Popping up in the 19th century, helping the British with the invasion of China. Well, I thought that was pretty. I'm like, who? Dorm- and I, when I read Dormammu, of course, I did say, "I've come to come bargain. to bargain," and I said it a few times over and over because it's me. Uh, but no, that's uh, true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I mean, there was nothing I disliked about this comic. I, I enjoyed the entire story itself. I uh, everything you've all mentioned. How deep it goes with the family bonds. Um, I thought it was all really, really well done. And I'm excited to now see, I guess, Shang-Chi take on the MC, oh, excuse me, the Marvel Universe in his next run in the uh, 2021 issue. Yeah. Uh, the the only backing I had of Shang-Chi before was all like Avengers comics, and then you see Shang-Chi there. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember, I forget what issue was, but like there was the Avengers Tri Helicarrier or whatever. And then there was like an army of Shang-Chi clones taking over and everyone's like, run, run. <laughs> like, no one's going to win. And I was like, that's super cool. <laughs> that's good. Right. So since we've discussed the comic and I'm joined by two people who have actually seen the film, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Amy, Tom. Hi. What'd uh, you think? Hello. Amy, please. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Um, this movie, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, is met with such earnesty, such care, consideration, and such an understanding of the community that it is trying to speak to, and not just as Marvel fans, but as the Asian community as a whole, that it's breathtaking. Um, it is one of my favorite origin stories, even in the the aspect that it is not an origin story in the traditional sense. Mm -hmm. It is not a Iron Man, Captain America, Hulk type of, oh, you have to see it. Um, it gives such a great space and there are so many elements that pay homage to not just the culture, but to 
martial arts films to choreographers to design and history and myth. And this is a breathtaking display of what can be accomplished when source material is handed to the right team to create a movie. Um, I am trying to remain mostly spoiler free because there are so many just things that it's usually like, ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already waiting for it. I'm already yeah. expecting it. Um, and I can honestly say I have not cried as much in a Marvel film. I can literally on like one hand note the times I have cried because of a Marvel movie. And I was tearing up and crying more in this film than I have in any other Marvel film. And that says a lot because I don't cry easy. Okay. Regardless okay. of my gender, I do not cry. Okay, That's so interesting. Right? I cry very easily, and I did not and cry here. You did not cry, oh. and I did. So my I don't wife, know what it says. My wife cried at the end of Endgame in those final moments. So I'm I'm curious to see what this would do. I I, I I almost teared up. I I, mean, I did tear up at the very end in a certain timeline. If we want, if, mm-hmm. no, no spoily, but. Uh, yeah, I teared up there because I was like, it's very sweet. Um, mm. But I did not tear up here at all. Okay. Well, how did how did you Tom, feel about that? How did you feel? So, without spoilers, uh, for the We're listeners... We're trying. We're going to yeah. try really hard. For listeners who may not be familiar with me in particular, um, I'm a big comic book fan. I'm a big comic book nerd. I get very exhausted and fatigued when people only make their careers talking about Marvel stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very... I'm the first one in line to roll my eyes. Um I find do the sound. Do the sound. There it is. Um, but uh, I, I, the thing is, for me, I want everything to succeed. I want everyone to have a piece of the pie, and I don't think there's slices of pie. It's that the pie needs to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was, to me, very invested in this because I am an Asian dude uh, who, you know, works in the film industry, um, and I really wanted this because when I grew up, I had Batman and Goku. Right. Uh, there wasn't really an analog for me, particularly, um, to have a hero. So Batman, the thing I liked about him and that resonated with me was that he was not special compared to all the superhero, superpowered people. And that gave me the sense of like, I'm not really special. And but I can work really hard and then I could be with the special people. I could be with all the cool people and fight supervillains. Um and because there was no Asian superhero that was really, you know, you know, now we have Amadeus Cho, we have, you know, Kamala Khan, we have so many people now. It's really, really cool. We have, you know, Ryan Choi, um, and I, I love that now. And I want, to me, I want the kid who would become the future version of me to have Shang-Chi. And that's what I really enjoyed was that, like, cool, they don't have to, and I feel weird, they don't have to settle for, like, cool, that character because they're the closest. Now mm-hmm. Shang-Chi's like, that is, that looks like me. That is mm-hmm. me, you know? Um, and so walking into this film, I, I knew this was going to be different for me. Um, and I've watched every single Marvel film. I typically watch them all on opening weekend, if not the opening, uh, uh, opening night. Um, and I was, to Amy's point, I thought this was like bet- the, one of the better origin films. Just like she said, but in a different way. It's not Iron Man good. I think Iron Man is, to me, is the perfect origin film. Um, and but it, to me it has and this is the thing I kind of get I, I might get a hot take for 
it doesn't have style over substance in some of the origin films. Some of the origin films kind of have really cool iconography shots, mm-hmm. but it kind of loses its meaning when you kind of really look at it. Where here, the, this, this isn't a perfect film, I would say. There is a moment where I feel like the Marvel formula um, has its weakness. Like there's a joke kind of inserted moments where I'm like, I just, can we have a serious moment here now? And then there's moments later on where I'm like, this would have been a good place to have a joke because it's not super serious and it's not super plot heavy. It's very character development heavy mm-hmm. where earlier on, there is a joke in the middle of like plot. I'm like, this is very important exposition and you're throwing in a joke. Um, but much to Amy said, like the thing that I really liked about the martial arts in particular, um, except for one fight scene, every fight, which is a Bruce Lee thing. This isn't an exhibition. We need emotional context, nice. right? You need to have what's at stake, what's happening to the characters. Um, Cause a fight scene isn't just like boom, explosions, robots in the air. It is. Mm-hmm. Can the hero, their argument, their dialogue against the opposing person defeat their argument? You know, if my argument is that Wakanda should open their bridges and give to the world, Versus Wakanda should take back from the world. Mm-hmm. You know, those are two arguments at play. Sometimes the fight scenes are done in a way where it has that poetry. Nice. And in Shang-Chi, this is one of those films. In other films, sometimes they don't do that. Um, but, uh, I, I, and those are things I really enjoyed. There's a lot of nuance like that. here that is, is well, like, if you're not someone who knows people who are Asian or just even people of color, it'll go over your head. Like, just showing normalcy, I think, is a big deal. I think I have a lot of uh, black friends who talk about they're kind of getting tired of seeing the history of black people being just nothing but sad and tragedy. Which just give us a regular a, happy yeah, story. Someone yeah. who's just living life like dope, yeah. which is Frick mm-hmm. from a Uwa film. And mm-hmm. here it shows, here's a normal guy named Sean who has a you know crappy job, takes his shoes off in the house, you know, ha- you know, is conspired by you know his friends, you know, parents uh, to do certain things in their lives. You know, like what are they doing with their lives? Are they aiming towards anything? Like those kind and of things. And their like, grandmother, yeah, the grandmother was so. Ugh. And and then knowing how to speak to their elders and who are the elders are like still very much in the spiritual traditional sense of their culture, and then the new generation who's like we 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 respect it, but we don't practice it. Mm-hmm. You know, like going out, you know, having fun with their friends who are moving on with their careers and being like 30 and being like, oh, we don't know what we're doing, X, Y, and Z, that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah, th- that, that's kind of important because, you know, a lot of times it's always just, here's, you know, the guy who fits in elevator shafts and suitcases, and here's the guy who's quiet driver who beats up people, and, you know, there's the smart guy, you know, there's the guy who knows all the tech stuff. And it's like, yeah, he knows martial arts, but it's like, it's on top of the fact that he's a normal guy that you, you know, you don't even get introduced to his real history until like maybe 20, 30 minutes into the film. Cause you're just kind of like going on this adventure with him. Nice. Um, and I, I, you know, just talking about more martial arts, Wuxia is in there. So that's really enjoyable to see. Um, you know, the, I think everyone complains about the third act CGI fight to me. If you're into Asian culture and into what those films bring, mm-hmm. In all of its genres, I'm raising my hand. Then you enjoy that because you're like, yeah, you're like, ah, okay, I like that. Um, And so, yeah, I think. And again, also one thing I'll say: this is not a spoiler. I think Tony Lung is a very, very generous actor because if he wanted to, I think he could have stolen every scene he was in. Every scene, 
but then he let them shine and i was just like he could he would act he would mop the floor with all of them (laughs) um and i think that's why he's like he's a very kind generous actor so um no i absolutely loved it it's not perfect but gosh darn does it get real close to it and it's a reason why people should watch it and be safe when they're watching it well, I I was already really, really wanting to see this movie. And now with you two talking, I'm considering leaving my family right now and watching a very late night showing. I mean, you could. We're, <laughs> we're not going to stop you. We'll encourage would, it. They're all asleep. They wouldn't know. No one would know <laughs> except for this episode and everyone else. They'd know when it. he comes back, when he tries to roll the car into the into the driveway. And it's like, oh, as I'm blaring the Shang-Chi soundtrack as I roll it up is, the garage. Oh, the, music's good. <laughs> the, the music is great. Like, and not even in the spoiler essence, we kind of talked about it prior, but, um, or before the show, we were talking about the soundtrack is in such a great space that when you listen to soundtrack proper, the music isn't that, like if you're watching the movie, the music is there when it needs to be, mm-hmm. but the undertones, everything comes with a balance, even in the nice. third act with the, with the CG where it's, it can get hairy, but if you kind of give yourself that space to breathe, mm-hmm. Everything carries a balance in this. Yeah. And the music is so, it, it's, it's wonderful. Like I literally, each, it's, everything has a really simple title. You can hear each of the characters in it. Um, there's one of them that was called your father, literally your father. And I was listening to it and it starts crescendoing and the brass starts building and then there's another track that's called Your Mother, and it sounds like it's played on a Kodo. Like, her instrument is the Kodo. Mm. And it has that very crouching tiger, hidden dragon type of, Usha. like, vibe. Yeah, it, nice. it's, it breathes. And so the musicality of the film and the music itself is such a delight. Like... Oh, wait, wait, Tom, did you get excited right there? Well, so the things that you're saying is kind of the same feelings I had about Black Panther. Um, Yes, 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 yes. The the fun thing that I think I liked that I had with Black Panther is that I got to witness the space, but I know that on a cultural level, there was a level that I was not going to really understand um, because it's not for me necessarily, and that's okay. And that's something that I think that happened here with Shang-Chi like to your same point where it's like the music, like we all know Kendrick Lamar and Black Panther was like, great. And then here, the same thing, like kind of exactly what you're saying, like whether it's the score or the actual songs that were written and, and featured yep. in this film were great. And that's kind of the thing I want to draw parallel to was like, I really wanted Shang-Chi to be uh, the Black Panther for Asian people um, because we saw it, we saw it happen, you know, like mm-hmm. whether you have issues with any of the writing or the ending a Black Panther, um, you cannot deny the cultural impact that oh, yeah. Black Panther mm-hmm. had. And that's the same thing I wanted for Shang-Chi. Like, I didn't want it to be perfect, but I wanted to impact culture so um, invasively that it, it was undeniable. And, you know, obviously it's tough. It's a very different circumstance. Black Panther was on the cusp of Infinity War. Shang-Chi's on the beginning of Phase 4. So, like, what we're looking forward to. It's more of like, a, as Shang Tsung says, a taste of things to come. <laughs> um, but it's uh, much more of a sense of, like, it's also we're during a pandemic. So, it's not going to hit as, as feverishly. But uh, I know for a fact a lot of Asian people that I've networked with recently, like, obviously, this is going to be their, their one. And mm-hmm. I... 
I wanted, that's what I really wanted because I remember a couple of years ago, again, no offense to the cast and crew, I absolutely love John M. Chu, but when Crazy Rich Asians came out, everyone was like, this is going to be our Black Panther. I'm like, for the love of God, please not. <laughs> like, this This is about rich people doing rich rich people stuff. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We need a hero that kind of stakes our claim into our experience. And I think that's mm-hmm. more important than like, huh, we could be rich too. You know, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, come on, please. <laughs> so, um, but no, I, that, but that movie did move the needle, you know, like, and that's mm-hmm. like moving the needle, moving the needle as much as we can. And, you know, I just want more things like what Amy's talking about with Shang-Chi to like proliferate and be noticed. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, give, I mean, even though we're in this pandemic, Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings, that Labor Day weekend opening of 94 million is huge. It is. It broke the world record. It broke the record, yeah. 2007 Rob Zombie's Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Mm -hmm. So for it to do that during these times says something about the amount of people who still went to go see it and the, because of, because of how important this film meant to many of them. Um, I'm one of those, yeah, go. Go, go A good good metric to kind of look at is actually Mm -hmm. um, that on the Monday after uh, it released, it did better than the first Avengers film. Mm-hmm. And it did better than, I forget another film. And there was a good breakdown talking about like how Crazy Rich Asians didn't do as well because the the demographic breakdown was more Asian people, of course, and white people. And then for Shang-Chi, more black people and Hispanic people went to go watch this film. Uh, the demographic was just better spread. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, that's, that's something I think the MCU has afforded itself, that like it is a staying power that... You could throw whatever you want, and you have the MC tag on it, MCU tag on it, and it will perform well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's going to be good. It doesn't mean it's going to be a critical darling. Yeah. It'll but perform it's gonna, well. It'll perform well. It is going to be, and this is a tough thing to say, but it's it should be labeled the MCU is pandemic proof. You know, like yeah. you're going to make True. your money back. And that's the crazy thing that Shang Chi is probably going to make over its 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 budget, which was. And this is a weird, you know, if you want to get bitter, it only it was only made for 150 million dollars, where most Dang, other uh, that is Marvel cheap. films are made for 200 million dollars. Yeah, and so it's like you gypped them out 50 million dollars. Why? You know, mm. it's kind of like why did Deadpool like lose 15 million dollars in their production? It's like, did you not think this is going to succeed? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, who knows? You know, I'm not a studio <laughs> decision maker, so we'll, 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 not we'll, yet. Yet. What? Oh man. So I'm I'm one of those guys who enjoys like when actors have worked with previous shows, when those actors from that show still do shout outs to their former Kim's uh, convenience. Yeah, exactly. Because Simu so is where cool. that's where I first met or first saw Simu Lu was in Kim's Convenience. We breezed through that Netflix and I wish it was still coming. But uh Gene I've got Yoon. so many more K K dramas. If you need them, Thank like you. straight up, if the, this man has not seen Goblin yet, we're gonna break his heart. <laughs> well, wait, Gene... it's not. Have you seen it? No, no. I, I stay away from K dramas because I don't like like feeling sad for like hours. And hours. <laughs> okay, so there, yeah, there's there's one that I recommend consistently. It won a whole bunch of awards in 2015, and it's called. English version is Goblin, the Great and Lonely God. And it is a amazing story, but it will crush your soul. Like, in the best and worst ways, all at once. When I feel like so, I'm soul crushed. Yeah, so if you need to get your soul crushed <laughs> and you want to watch some amazing acting and a brilliant story where you're like, this shouldn't make sense, and it does, that that sweet, sweet jam right there. Well, I, so I, I, see, I see Guardian, the Lonely and Great God. Yeah. 
Okay. They called it goblin. Goblin says that, but yeah, it's guardian. Okay. Well, I bring I bring up Kim's convenience because uh, Jean Yoon, who played Simu's mom on the show, Mm -hmm. she had tweeted, "Heading to the theater with my son to see my TV son kick butt," and she then tweets after that, "It was awesome." Her from the poster. The problem is, I I just hear her character say that tweet instead of her voice because I love that show so much. So all I hear when it just warmed my heart. Kim's convenience is what I'm going to say. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say, basically. I mean, that's the, the interesting thing, and I don't know why it is a thing. It's something that, like, it's like a ghost. It's like you can't really see it, but you know it's there. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a very interesting community and loyalty when it comes to people of color watching people of color. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you know, you know the fervor for having Diego Luna in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The absolute fervor. Like, yep. you, you can't deny that. Like, that was probably why it, it, it had so much money behind it. Like, and that's mm-hmm. the, the thing where it's like, when people know, like, oh, like, representation's there, I'm going to come out. I'm going to mm-hmm. come out and I'm going to show full support. And they're going to have flags flying about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, when you can have that with, like, shows that, you know, like, and I don't know how much you guys know about this, but, like, uh, there's a web web company I, they're, they're a production company but they mainly do YouTube stuff they're called Wang Fu uh, Wang Fu Productions and I watched them ever since I was a child and uh, in high school um, and there were a bunch of dudes there's three Asian dudes from UC San Diego who was like we didn't have a film program so we just wanted to make movies but before they graduated they did a feature film they did wow. a three episode short um, called Just a Nice Guy and because of that they were able to tour the entire world because nice. they brought they had a full Asian cast so they were like we're only going to tell stories. They were like Jordan Peele before Jordan Peele, like with Asian nice. people on YouTube. And this is like on 480p, like not even HD, right? <laughs> um, and uh, Dan- uh, 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 Randall Park was in one of their shorts. Mm. And then after that, he went on to do Hollywood stuff. Simu Liu was in there. The same same nice. thing. Like a lot of Asian actors that you can see um, come from there. Um, in Crazy Rich Asians, there's a... Uh, uh, musical uh, performance at the end by Kina Granis. She went through them too. So it's like a lot of in the Asian community, we talk about like Wang Fu, like how they're like kind of an aggregator. Um, hmm. And it's it's pretty cool. And, and that kind of stuff where it's like, wow, like when you see the history and all that stuff. So you know. I see that's what, and that's what I kind of enjoy a lot with, with Simu Lu's story is how he was, you know, an accountant who got laid off and he's like, you know what? I'm going to try acting. And the guy was doing the stock photos and these pictures and posters. I paid a hundred bucks just for for that session. Exactly, and then then does stunt work and then gets Kim's convenience. And then we see the tweets going back to 2014 about him saying, "How about bringing Shang Chi into the MCU?" And then 2018, "Hey Marvel, we're going to talk about Shang Chi or what?" And now he's Shang Chi. So it's kind of this great story of this guy who just you know got laid off, tried. I- and here he is now from under the radar to megastar in the MCU now. I feel like, and that's the thing where like Rocky was like the American dream, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like a li- the little guy can take on the big world. But now mm-hmm. I feel like the American dreams kind of changed. Like I think the true, like the first version of the American dream was Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Move mm-hmm. to the land of mm-hmm. opportunity, become a megastar, go into politics. And even mm-hmm. still say a megastar. <laughs> then there's Stallone where it's like, Little guy, little dream, big dream. Goes the distance. It, goes the distance, and now he's a household name. And I think Simon Luke almost kind of like embodies this, like the new version, where it's like, 
second chances are a real thing. Yep. Exactly. And you can fail at the jobs you don't like and you could, you know, succeed at the one you actually want. And, mm-hmm. th- and like it happens. It just, you know, so it's it's cool. Simu, we love you, man. Heck yes. I think I'll probably meet him sometime. I think you should. I know, someday. I, I think I just you feel will. Like you I will. Think, I think it's closer than I think. Simu's going to hear this episode. I'm going to say it. I'm going to put it out there in the universe. He's going to hear this episode. Boom. It's out there. Twitterverse, yeah. do your thing. When I'll, this add, episode I'll, comes I'll, out. I'll, 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 I'll at him. Do You're it. You're gonna slip, slip in those DMs. Be like, hey, buddy. Hey, yeah. Simu. We just, we just audio uh, gave you a nice little handy. Uh, <laughs> how about you come onto one of our shows here in LA? <laughs> we just wanna, we wanna talk to you about your journey. We wanna yeah. celebrate your, handy. your career, your projection, and we give want you some, to uh, give you some boba. Yeah, and you know, and and if he you loves know. Boba. If we're talking about uh, handies, you might as well look at Manscaped oh because that'll help you out when it comes to those, right? Is that how we do these ads? Am I doing this no. wrong? Anyway, no. Am I doing this wrong? Yes. My bad. This yes, is, you are. Yeah. said handy. Okay, come on. Am I let that fly? I can't let that fly. My brain, because of my parent brain, goes handy, Manny. Really? No. <laughs> no. It's not no. where I went. Mm-mm. Yeah, not, I know. Not, not handy nope. Patinkin? Come on. <laughs> handy <laughs> Patinkin? <laughs> Whoa. I think Whoa, that's a special, special type Whoa. of candy. Anyway, that concludes this fantastic episode. Episode 172, Shang-Chi. Uh, if you've not read the comic from 2020, please do. And then read the 2021 comic that is out now. If you haven't seen the movie like me, you've now heard from both Amy and Tom why we we should go see this film. Uh, and we didn't spoil anything. You did. That is so Flipping hard not to because I want to talk about, I want to be like, mm-hmm. Tom, I want to talk about the bamboo spring. Mm. I want to talk about the grove with the drive through mm. and the ridiculous and car. I want to talk about Nora. The ho- Yes. I want to talk about, about Morris. I want to talk about Nora. Yes. No. I want to talk about the, the mid credit and the end credit. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I want to talk about, about some arm slings. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about, about not seeing Fang Foom, but mm-hmm. almost mm-hmm. like. How about, how about oh. Trevor? No, don't worry about him. No, we're not talking. About, we're not talking about Trevor. <laughs> but yeah, like w- w- the rings and how they're bracelets and. and we want to talk about Kung Fu Hustle and where the, we want to talk about the Easter eggs and, and where the rings actually come from. And but exactly. we don't see that, but we see, see something that? like that, and Wink. then they were like, "Hey, this is a thing," but we're not going to say it's a thing. So they t- completely left it open. I'm like it can be the thing. It could be the thing that we think it's the thing, and we're fairly certain. If you I want to talk know, about the Brad Allen like choreography stuff that we see, you know, I want to talk. Ugh, we we could talk. If you want to know all those things and maybe Trevor, go watch Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings as soon as possible after hearing this episode. Thank, Thank you, Marvel. We'll send the check. Cut <laughs> the check. Cut the check. <laughs> uh, I've I just thought of the check now. I forgot where I was. Uh, thank, thank you, you for joining us this whatever time you're listening to us. Uh, you can, again, find us on the social medias, uh, Instagram, The Capeless Crusaders, Twitter, The Capeless Ones, and, of course, Nerd on TV on Twitter and just Nerd on on Instagram, I believe. No. It's Nerd, Nerd on, on TV well? everywhere except on Twitch, and it's just Nerd on. Twitch, so literally, on. They're, yes. they're pretty much everything on everything. everything it's Nerd on, on TV. Everything Tom on everything except that. Thank you. There he is. He used to say that all the time. God. He I'm said it man. at the beginning. I'm an old man. Oh, you di- don't you dare say you're an old man, you whippersnapper. <laughs> oh, my knee's hurt now. Um, uh, course, my knee's already hurt. You don't raise it. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Nerdon.tv. I mean, Tony Lung didn't age either. Like, 
could flip and hang. Ugh. Yep, I like it. He's a handsome looking man. That's all. He's, he doesn't need manscaped. Anyway, I am the Azorian when Anthony is Steve's joined by. She's got her eyes covered. Oh, this is Amy. And he's up there Tom smiling. And, Tom and I are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, no uh, this is Tom uh, at Nerd on TV on uh, most social medias. And then uh, Tom Dark Not Ugly on everything and everything and everything. We are the K Plus Crusaders, part of the Nerdon Nation, wishing you a good night. Good night. Night night. <laughs> <laughs>